hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast, podcasting about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast, podcaster, Mark Hershon. Yes, it is me, Mark Hershon, uh, back here in Studio P with our producer, engineer, Joe Paulino. All right. God, it's good to be back. I think our last two episodes have been from out of the studio. One of them was from beautiful Maui, Hawaii, believe it or not. Now Joe's jealous. Why don't I get to go to Hawaii, he says. Stuck here in this glass booth like some kind of great mime. Uh, anyway, we are back. This is Epi 27 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. And uh, gosh, we're uh, glad you're here with us. Um, let's see, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first of all, if you're hearing us, you obviously found us somewhere. But for those of you who want to know where else you can get us, we're on iTunes, of course. We're at our, at our home site, SuccotashShow.com. We're at Stitcher Smart Radio. And now we are also part of the show sharing network, on Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment. That's right. They are rebroadcasting our podcast at cweradio.com. So uh, if you can't get us any other way, get over to Clutch and Wiggle, uh, which just sounds wrong. Somehow just wrong. Uh, but uh, we love those guys, uh, and they apparently at least care about us enough to want, us, want to uh, replay us. So check them out. Uh, I will ask you, if you are enjoying the show, to get up to iTunes and give us a rating. Um, five stars if you love us. One star if you think we're somebody we're not. And uh, if you want to do a little essay test and write out a short review, that would be fantastic. Because I'll tell you, uh, it, it just sounds like begging on my part. But the truth of the matter is, for every one of those ratings we get, we stand a good chance of getting up into the, the place on iTunes where people actually see us. And for the last... Three weeks, we've been in uh, New and Noteworthy on iTunes, and consistently, not just in the U.S., but in the U.K. as well. So uh, thank you for your support over there. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. If uh, you can't stand the sound of my voice, you can read my words uh, every week. I'm one of a pod of reviewers over at Splitsider.com for a column called This Week in Comedy Podcasts. Last week, I reviewed Fitz Dog Radio with Greg Fitzsimmons and his interview with comic legend Stephen Wright. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. The numbers are slowly creeping up on our Save the Hard Drive drive. Uh, I think I might finally be able to avail myself of um, uh, the solution to get this thing fixed very shortly. So if you uh, have a kind place in your heart and a few extra shekels to kick our way, get up to SuccotashShow.com, click on the donate button, and every red cent of that money that PayPal doesn't take will uh, spend trying to fix this external hard drive and get some of our lost reviews back. So thank you. I think that's everything we want to say in terms of us. I also want to thank those of you who helped our friend Dean Hagland. Uh, from The X-Files and the Lone Gunman TV series. Dean Haglund's also a podcaster with the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, and uh, he's been trying to raise money through Kickstarter for a graphic novel that he wishes to, to produce called Shock and Awesome. It's about a conspiracy theory and involves three guys that look very similar to the guys from The Lone Gunman who uh, discovered the true reason that the uh, first Iraq war happened back in uh, the early 1990s. So uh, he made his goal. And I like to think it's because of, uh, to a large degree, because of our listeners. We had him on here as a guest and uh, he pitched it and we pitched it and he made his goal. So thank you very much for helping him out. All right. Enough about all that business of business. And uh, let's get down to the damn thing we're here for, which is podcasts, beautiful, beautiful comedy podcasts. First uh, out of the bag is uh, Comedy Bang Bang, originally known as, known as Comedy Death Ray. Scott Ackerman is the host, and uh, he has become a walking, talking example of how to make podcasting work for you. In addition to hosting the very popular podcast, Comedy Bang Bang, and being the co-head of the Earwolf Podcast Network that carries, uh, may I say impolitely, a shitload of podcasts. Uh, starting this week, he's made the leap to TV. Comedy Bang Bang can now be seen on IFC, 
uh, starts on Friday night, June 8th. But let's uh, let's go back to his original roots, the podcast. On a recent Comedy Bang Bang, his guests Sarah Silverman and Kyle Dunnigan, both comedians, spent a little bit of time dissecting one of Sarah's first TV roles, where she played a scientist on Star Trek Voyager. Let's take a listen. I was a scientist in a half shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just saw. It's really good. You can see it on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, um, YouTube. A scientist. What kind of scientist were you? In a SETI lab at Griffith Park in 1997. Oh, it was one of the time traveling ones. Yeah. And uh, when you say a SETI lab, S E T I Star. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, and then, and then you found some, right? And it was. Uh, and then she fell in love with one of the aliens, right? Yeah, and then at the end when we say goodbye, he's on an apple box. <laughs> <laughs> Which alien? Say goodbye to, say hello to Saturn for me. <laughs> it's dumb because they have he's wide like the shots cat. where he's clearly shorter, and then at the end he's like a foot higher than her. Uh, <laughs> was it one of the regular aliens, or was it? No, he was like the captain. Of the, not the captain of the ship was Kate Mulgrew, currently in the SFLATU. Oh. oh, he was from the future. LG... LGBT... SUV. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember that show, but that sounds great. Did you have to study <laughs> for anything? Did you did you study to become a scientist? No, I, it was like one of my first acting jobs when I, I got a, um acting coach, and then he was like some fancy acting coach, and then he's looking at the script, and finally he just goes, oh... You know, sometimes when you're running from lasers, you just you just have to pretend you're running from lasers. There's nothing to draw from in your history. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that, were you a Trekkie, a Trekker? I uh, watched Star Trek Next Generation with my stepbrother mm. um, growing up. TNG. What? The Next Generation. Oh. And they, um, they put her in an outfit that, that, that looked like a Star Trek outfit, which was weird. I, that is true. It looked like a Star Trek uniform. Like their wardrobe department didn't have any. They just other didn't have anything else. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> we have a V-neck with the V is a different color than in the rest mustard, of the shirt. Yeah. Now that you think about it, that must have in been a real tones. that must have been a real challenge for the costume department that week. They're just not used to it, like just getting people wearing polo shirts. Where Surely they can run clothes? out to Forever Twenty One and grab a little something. <laughs> Half shirt though, huh? Yeah, it was like showed a little belly and a big like uh, bra, you know. <laughs> what year was this? Would you say nineteen? It was nineteen ninety-seven. Seven. Wow. Uh, big bras yeah. were in. If you remember. Correctly. I've you know I haven't been paying attention to the differences between bra styles between the decades. Really? Yeah. The big when you say big bra, what does that mean? It like was a bra that made my boobs even bigger. Mm. All right. The Wonder Bra years. Oh, I see. Do people not use those anymore? Did they go out of fashion? Know. No, but I mean, they gave me basically like, they, I got like culops. <laughs> <laughs> um, did they put like cutlets in there or something? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh, I guess. Nice. I did. Why would they be so concerned with that? Yeah, I, go, I already have big boobs. Yeah. No, but we want them bigger because you're playing a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> so check out the audio show at comedybangbang.com, iTunes, and also on funnyordie.com. Check that out. And don't forget, their TV version of Comedy Bang Bang starts this Friday, June 8th on IFC. Comic Caleb Bacon runs the Gentleman's Club. It's part comedy, part sports, part strippers, and strippers parts. He, also, he often hosts porn stars and other people from the adult entertainment industry, but he also has comedians and athletes on the show, too. In this clip, Caleb is talking to a Vegas insider, which even when he says it in the show, sounds like it's in quotes. Uh, Roderick Bradford, about something everyone seems to be going to Sin City these days for, indoor skydiving. What? Roderick, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, it's Caleb? It's good to have you. You flew all the way from Las Vegas to come do the show. Yes, well, sir. Well, sort of. But basically, basically, you are Mr. Vegas, according to what you're trying to convince me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was in Vegas, as my listeners probably heard too many times, for the Porn Awards earlier this year. Nice. And it sort of woke up an enjoyment for Vegas that I forgot about. Because when I moved to Los Angeles eight years ago, I realized it's like a 45-minute plane ride. Right. That's pretty close. Mm -hmm. And I also learned 45-minute plane ride back to L.A. is not enough time to sober up. <laughs> so that is a little tip I will give to people who need to drive home from the, uh, the airport. <laughs> it is not even close. But... Uh, 
I think it's kind of fun if you know what's going on, exactly. and if you don't, you can have a terrible time. Exactly. It's a, you're, so you're someone who helps people uh, figure out what's going on. Well, what we do is we we really let people stretch their dollar and really at the same point in time have access and are the insider so you can have a great time, whether you're with your family, whether you're there on business, or you're with your boys hanging out for the great bachelor party. We have the insight, and we can tell you ways to make Las Vegas a lot more fun because you know what? What most people know about Las Vegas is from The Hangover, and while that's right. a funny movie, that does not help you at all when you get to the story. Or you just show up, and it's like the first hustler to get you will exactly. convince you to go to some club, and and you and you see a lot of that. You know, you see the uh, you know the guys with the pass, and you can get in. Well, you know what? There's also probably you know 300 other people with that pass, and when you're in the line that's about a quarter of a mile outside <laughs> yeah. of excess, that and you know and a, a cup of coffee doesn't get you too much. Or it's like every cab driver is like a club promoter too. Mm-hmm. Like you get in a get in a cab, and they'll it's like oh this guy's really got some exclusive options for me. Yeah, right. Right, and a lot of it is too. They get you know they get paid by giving you the pass, and they're not they don't care if you wait two hours in line or yeah. ten hours. They're just in it you know for themselves. So what's like uh, in your opinion the best stuff to do in Vegas right now? That's not necessarily the most popular. That's a great question, Caleb. Why, what, thank you, Roger. Well, what I like is, you know, uh, for all you fellas out there who like to, you know, have a little bit of fun, but not necessarily are big risk takers, we love the Las Vegas indoor skydiving. That is, a, I would love to do that. That is a great experience yeah. that you really have to have. Uh, it simulates the skydiving experience. They put you in the tunnel, and um, you're really just going full blast and, and oh, full speed. Awesome. And and that's something that a lot of a lot of people don't know about in Las Vegas. It's in the north part of the Strip, uh, kind of behind the win and encore but that's okay, so something it's, so it's not yeah. far oh no not at all and it's uh it's a great time and everyone who goes has a fun time uh, another one for all well, how many times have you done that yourself oh you know what i've only done it once but i've watched it about 45 times see yeah. that's i would love to do that and uh so how long are you actually doing the skydiving uh it's about the experience is about two two and a half hours total you get training before so you're yeah. not they don't th- throw you in the wind tunnel and just see what happens i would almost prefer that just get fucked <laughs> up by the wind tunnel that'd be fun well if you have a hangover you wouldn't <laughs> all right so that is caleb bacon uh check out more at calebbacon.com also on itunes and again that's called the gentleman's club He's been around for a while, too. That's uh, episode 146 that we're hearing from. So uh, Caleb's got some some legs on him, as they like to say in Vegas. Did they say that in Vegas? I don't know. Uh, New to us, but uh, here's a a lady who's been around uh, for a while, uh, Judy Klausner. And uh, her podcast is called How Was Your Week? She is a comedy writer-performer, a podcaster, of course, and an author. Uh, she's written for uh, a number of magazines and some TV shows. And her podcast was recently named one of the best comedy podcasts by the New York Times, Rolling Stone, and GQ magazine. Here she gets into the touchy subject of panic attacks with the bitter Buddha himself, Eddie Pepitone. Hi, Eddie. Hey, Julie. <laughs> Imagine I don't have anything to say. Me and Julie have been talking nonstop since I got here. And now that we're on the air, I'm like, hi, Julie. You That's like me in stand-up, too. Like is that true? Right before the shows, I'll be riffing with friends. And then it's like, and now Eddie Pepitone. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Do you get nervous before you go on stage? Yes. Do you get nervous all the time? Yes. Do you get panic attacks? I do. What are they like? They're horrible. Where do they start? In your stomach? They always start in the upper chest, shoulders, arms, and then they go to the neck and they start, it starts twisting. It's like, it's really like an entity, I realized. Like Like you're possessed? Yes. If you ever seen the movie The Changeling, where this woman gets raped by a ghost, that's what I feel like is happening, you know. And I have a rape whistle for panic attacks. Oh. I blow into a whistle is that true? when I have a panic attack, and my psychiatrist comes running. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if I had a whistle attuned to my psychiatrist? I was gonna say because, like, they say to breathe into a paper bag, and like the exhale that's is right. supposed to be helpful, or you're you're breathing the that's carbon right. dioxide. I mean, I've heard all these bullshit remedies for it. Yeah, breathing into a paper bag has never worked for me really? and plus i'm so narcissistic and self-conscious that if i have a panic attack in public which is where they always are right um God not always be but, in a safe space but just <laughs> that you don't want to look unfashionable by breathing into a paper bag mm-hmm. you know wherever you are right even unless you get like a gucci it'd be funny if like gucci or <laughs> to started putting out gorgeous panic attack bags <laughs> 
you know, I love that bags idea. to blow in. Right. Or they to me for those who were <laughs> fragile <laughs> and on edge. More than they should. <laughs> um, do you to me to me panic attack bag for those who blame themselves. <laughs> did the first one you get? Did you think you were about to die? Oh. Totally. Now, you never get them? I get them. They start in my stomach. At first, I get mm. nauseous, and then I'm, I'm nervous that I'm nauseous. You see, that's the way it escalates, <laughs> is that you feel it, and then you go, oh, my God, yeah, yeah. what's this? And your mind and kicks in. you can't in. let your body just do something on its own accord without right. like, judging it, and then you freak out that, like, this is why I could right. never do anything hallucinogenic, right. too. This is why I could never Same here. I've been th- I was thinking about that recently, about, oh, my God, you know, uh, because I've been doing bits on stage where I come on, and I'm like, folks, I dropped a tab of acid <laughs> about a half hour ago, and it's starting to kick in. I might do this at Gotham tomorrow it's starting to kick in and even though i go on acid trips i'm a blue collar guy so my trips are like oh my god i see hundreds of thousands of cheeseburgers and cash like that's what a blue collar guy hallucinates about he sees cheeseburgers and cash with wings and his wife losing 30 pounds i see my wife losing 30 pounds or something like that. Very easily. With no, with no suffering on Weight Watchers. But I have been learning through meditation mm-hmm. and just working with a shrink. And I want to tell the young kids out there. Wouldn't it be funny if I toured high schools and I was like, kids, they have never had, they're just joyful little creatures. And I'm like, look, you're going to have panic attacks where it feels like you're being strangled by an entity. And they're just little kids looking up at me. Like I'm teaching, I'm teaching toddlers. Now it's going to feel like you're being strangled by an entity, which is really probably one of your parents. In my case, my father. So what you do is you just go, this too shall pass. And if that doesn't work, get your hands on some clonopin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good uh, good advice there from Eddie Pepitone. Julie Klausner, how was your week? Uh, she has a bunch of great guests on her show if you check out uh, where she's been before. And uh, so check her out at howwasyourweek.com. She's also on iTunes. Next up is a, uh, a show called Too Heavy to Skydive. It's a... Uh, Big old roundtable chat show with a great title. Uh, it is one of these sort of guys sitting around talking with other guys kind of shows. Um, but they do have a bit of a format to them. They've got some um, features. They have some regular guests and things like that. Uh, they talk about news, sports, pop culture, movies, and porn. Which of these shows with four or more guys doesn't talk about porn at some point? It seems to be a prerequisite. Well, thanks to Fred uh, from the cast of uh, Matt, Alex, Eric, Neil, Tim, and Fred presenting along today's clip, which gets around to porn. But tasteful and ecological porn, I'll have you know. So let's have a listen to Too Heavy to Skydive. No, for me, it was just a matter of it just got weirder and weirder and weirder. So you're saying and you're weirder. So like, I am so, scarred. So I can't watch is, anything normal. What's the gateway porn? Victoria's like, so Secret. That was the first yeah, thing after I'll that. I'll tell you what gateway, gateway porn, porn is. Whenever you're searching for Christmas presents and you find your parents' sex toys. Ah. Gateway porn is when your parents for Christmas give you a pog maker and all the pogs you make are cut right out of your Victoria's Secret catalog. Yep. Also, Does anybody really know how to play that game? <laughs> how do you play pog? I'll tell you how you play it. You buy all of them. Yeah. And then you won. Check out my slammer. What do you do with it? You just throw it at the pogs. You had to flip them over. The idea was it was you stacked them and then you slammed them. And then the ones that flipped over, you got to keep yes. from the person you were playing against. Poor kids. Crazy. Nightmare. I hate. I loved it, but if I wasn't good at it, I just got those like once every two weeks. I'd get a pack of 15 or whatever, and then it wouldn't have any more. Hey, and you could play different stacks. You could play like 15 stack, 30 stack, 45 stack. So crazy. And then, like, and if you lost, you, like, it was your first form of real life gambling, right? Yeah. So if you lost, there was like a real heartbreak associated with it. But like, if you won. I never thought of it like that. Can we get a two wave to skydive sponsored pog tournament? Pog we could. Okay? Yeah. I'll, I I'm swear to God we can do that. Have you ever gotten a fist fight over pogs? Duh. Okay. You ever gotten a fist fight over a super soaker filled with what might not be water? Duh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have terrible friends, <laughs> and I wasn't a terrible friend, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. So were you spraying, or did you get sprayed? Yeah, who knows? Who even you remembers? Know who spraying. There was a party. Fred's so. not on the team that gets sprayed with the piss super soaker. <laughs> hey, I hated playing, like, water guns, because we were just talking. I'm, I've always been huge. Like, I can't run. Mm. People can shoot me with a water gun. You can't hide, either. No, I can't do anything. 
The dumbest kids can hit you with water balloons. <laughs> Can't get wet because sugar melts. Do you remember in high school when, <laughs> when everyone had one shared login to get into like the high school computers? So oh, then yeah. you would print off like the weirdest stuff you could find, like like I think we were talking about it, dolphins one one time on the show. Dolphin sex. Dolphin sex. Dolphinsex.org. And then you would print off these different things, and then you would enjoy them with your friends in black and white print offs. Like it's a weird thing to watch that, and then like connect with your. Did you guys have the porn economy? You're not talking to that microphone, so did we? What? Did you guys have like that porn economy at uh, at Wood River? Or, I'm sorry, at your high school. I don't know what that is. Where you get around and everybody, you come, you come to the table. Everybody's got to bring something. And then you trade with, okay, I got this. Will you give me for this? That's so it never so gets old. Porn swap? I love porn, what you're doing. Porn yeah. trading cards. Well, not even sense. trading cards. It was just like, like a whole pick economy. Because you could be, it's like, okay, I've got, you know, remember Dynamite Cola? You know, I got, I got three Dynamite Colas. I'll trade that if I get to have your magazine oh, for a week. Man, and it was like, like this, whole, this whole trading economy. My wife does that with purses. Smut. Yeah. Yeah, she goes like purse things. So your wife had a porn swap probably then in, in high school. That's so smart for little kids. Yeah. Wow. Kids that are listening right They're now. Pretty advanced. And, uh, and you know what? And you can recycle. I mean, like, you use it, they it's, use it. Yeah, it teaches economics yeah. too, and it's green. You know, it's safe for the environment. That's Speaking of porn, though, what's your guys', what's your guys high score on meatspin.com? <laughs> okay, I... I don't know what meatspin.com is, and I guess I should have checked before this show. You don't want to know. It's bad. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. It has meat. <laughs> and it goes around and around and around. Oh, boy. But oh, I, it's frightening. I, I bet you spend a lot of time there, though, don't you, Kenny? Yeah, yeah you do. I do. <laughs> All right, that's too heavy to skydive.com. Catch them on iTunes. Also on Stitcher Smart Radio, which, of course, we are on as well, Stitcher Smart Radio. So check that out. Check us out. Check them out. And uh, thanks again, uh, Fred, for th- sending in that clip. Next up is our Succotash Tweet Sack. <coughs> Love me some Tweet Sack. Which we don't really get to when I'm not in the studio. Those episodes I do, I you know, you sent me the Tweet Sack sound joke but i uh, i just can't bring myself to play it it just isn't the same if i'm not in the studio so we are tweet sackless <laughs> if, if i'm not here but for today for episode 27 we have the tweet sack oh nice uh first of all in general i want to thank all the tweeters and retweeters out there uh who keep uh spinning our succotash uh, notes around uh thanks to ed wallach thanks to sd charlie Thanks to um, the D-Head Factor, Royal and Doodle, uh, G&J, JV Mail, Sweet Feathery Jesus. You guys are great. And there's a ton more. The Pod Gods. Uh, I, I, I made a list, and I just forget to bring it. But you guys know who you are, and I thank you when we're on Twitter, of course. But uh, you guys are really helping make this show uh, get out there. So thanks so much. <laughs> Uh, here's a, here's a couple of specific tweets. This was from uh, Royal and Doodle in the UK. A veritable buffet of tasty bite-sized morsels served on immaculate linen with a 1982 Chateau Lafitte That's That's Royal and Doodle's description of succotash. Why do they got to bring the Jew thing in? Oh. <laughs> I forget. All you drink is Ripple, Kenny. Um... Then there was an interesting uh, thread on uh, on Twitter, started by JV Mail, uh, brought to the attention of uh, Succotash Show and uh, the uh, guys at Sweet Feathery Jesus, uh, SFJ.com, uh, said, have Mark and Belasco appeared on the same show ever? And Belasco is one of the hosts of Sweet Feathery Jesus. I had said, why, if you've never seen us in the same room at the same time? And uh, Belasco wrote back, in answer to the question, have Mark and Belasco appeared on the same show? My attorney advised me to plead the fifth, says Belasco. So, um, you know, we've played just one clip from Sweet Feathery Jesus. Uh, I do like those guys, and I've asked them to send us in another clip because they run a fairly long show, and it's hard to find a, a, a bite-sized piece to play. But uh, Belasco is going to pony that up, and maybe I will do a short phoner interview with him because maybe we sound alike or something. I don't know, but we'll get to that. Uh, then finally, at the bottom of the tweet sack... Uh, we've got this audio letter uh, via the Succotash hotline from ja- Jabs and Josh at the D-Head Factor in Canberra, Australia. 
They claimed on Twitter later that they were drunk dialing, and after you hear this, you might tend to believe it too. Boys? Well, you reckon, Josh, you reckon that was a good answering message service? Or do you think, you think that maybe Mark could have done a little bit better yeah. with his message? Because you know what it sounded like to me? An ad. It sounded like an ad. It did sound like an ad, didn't it? But did it not make you want to listen to the Sacket Dial show? It makes me want to leave a message. It does. Do you want to leave a message? We might. Okay, you go first. This is Josh from the Dick Ad Factor. Is it? Hi, I'm Josh. How are you? I'm from the Dick Ad Factor. I thought we were going to do a bit of a shake, but we'll do a hot punch. Oh, this is Josh from the Dick Ad Factor. And we're live from Studio B. <laughs> we're actually paying for this message, man, so you've got to say something. Oh, quick, listen. quick. Mark's a bit more sophisticated than what our normal podcast listeners are and Correct. stuff like that. And he probably won't even play this message because we, we say words like cunt. You can't say Jew. I know, that's what I can say. <laughs> so you've got to say something smart and witty because he knows the Hollywood hot shots. He knows, do you know, I'm a big X-Files fan. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know Did you know that about me? You pissed me off with the X-Files. I know. Kick up. He had Dean Hagelin uh, from The Lone Gunman on in the previous episode. The Lone Gunman, I know. Dean, I don't. <laughs> He's the blonde guy. He's the long hair. You're fucking kidding me. But anyway, you know, it's, it's good to leave a message, Mike. Are we actually leaving a message? Or are we just broadcasting? We are just broadcasting Osiris Andrew. Okay, so we probably should make this quick, Be um, smart and witty. Um, so We've done none of the above. Yeah, I know. Like, we, we, we can recover. We can recover. He's got a good editor. He's got he's got a guy. He's got uh, the guy in the um the, the booth that can help him out. Um, so Joe, you want quick, witty, and um, you're not you're not okay. Okay, just okay. just wait. I'm okay, waving quick, my hand. Uh, quick and witty. Now this is Jabs from the Decay Factor. No, we've already done that. Shit, done that it. Scrap that, Mike. Don't don't play that bit. Um, You've had way too much piss to drink. I'll tell you right now. That's what I'm now. saying. That's what I'm, okay, listen. He's given us enough plug outs in the last previous shows. And stuff like that. We, we should probably you. donate some more money to him. Can you reach into your shallow pockets and give him a bit of extra money? They're I think shallow. That's very shallow. There's a reason why he's rich. All right, people. <laughs> okay, so um, we listen to the Sakatash. You love the Sakatash. Love the Sakatash. The Sakatash show is great. <laughs> uh, we're basically leaving this message because I haven't had an opportunity to catch up with Mark uh, and because he thinks. I do all the voices on the podcast. He He's do. never really actually talked to you. And he still hasn't because this is a message. I know. <laughs> so you leave your little bits and bobs. But you notice when you stop talking, I start. No. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a Bonneville episode. <laughs> all right, Mark. So uh, we love the Sakatash show. We love everything that you do for us and for everyone else. We love it. We love it. We, we love do. It. We do. I'm, I'm, you are a great editor. I love how you edit your voice, my voice, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Listen to the DF Factor if you want something that's slightly uh, unconventional compared to the Sarkadash show. And if you want to hear Josh, try and attempt to be funny. Say, okay, quick. I want something quick, smart, and witty to finish it off. Go. Be kind to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> And make sure you check us out at the DF Factor. <laughs> there you go. So there's uh, there's the D head factor. They got a little commercial in for themselves there, which I appreciate. Uh, sorry, the quality is a little bit sketchy. Joe's going to clean that up as best he can, but it's Skype. It's you get what you can. You know, it's free, so you can't complain too much. Now I don't know if you're familiar with comedian uh, Jake Johansson. I've known Jake for a long time since I guess about the mid '80s when uh, he was here in San Francisco. Haven't seen him for a while, but he's a great guy. And now he's getting into the podcast game too, which I could have and probably did predict because I I've made this prediction a number of times. Anytime you hear a comic start guesting on podcasts and they get to about eight or nine guest shots, chances are they're about to unveil their own. And sure enough. Jake has two, so good on you. Uh, he's only done two episodes so far, and I don't think he's quite figured out how to get on iTunes, or maybe he just doesn't want to get on there. And his podcast isn't terribly download-friendly, so your best bet is to just listen to it on his home site, jakethis.com. Now, I attempted to skim a sample off the web using an app called Audio Hijack Pro, which I use a lot to try and capture pieces of things off the web and things like that. It's pretty reliable, so let's hear what I got. Roll it, Joe. Okay, well... That was it. That's, that's all I got. Now, my program said I got 20 minutes a show, uh, and I know it's probably an hour, uh, but I just... Did... Let's hear it again. Okay, let's, let's roll the Jake Johansson, Jake This Episode 2 clip one more time, and hit it. Okay, well... Uh, that's it. As you can see, hilarious. Uh, so, uh, 
<laughs> Sorry about that, Jake. Uh, I will try to do a better job, but I think you've got to do a better job too, buddy. Come on. Uh, get up to jakethis.com and see if you can't check out a little longer sample of the show yourself. Uh, I've been pretty good about getting uh, some original comedy music on the episodes. I just found this ditty last night from uh, a duo in Los Angeles called Paul and Storm from their website. They've got a ton of stuff. They've got like four CDs worth of stuff. This was actually listed in a bunch of songs that have not been included on anything yet. It's just sort of weird, wild tracks of songs. Let's uh, take a listen to The Incompetence Lament. All my life I've been told you should do the things that you're good at So what do you do When all you've ever done is Fuck things up It's not that I don't care It's not that I don't pay enough attention But you can bring me anywhere And I'll fuck things up So before you go and do something foolish Like spending your time with me Just so's you know I'm gonna find a way to fuck it up Fuck it up Fuck it up I'm gonna fuck it up Ah, the incompetence lament. That should be my theme song for when I try and do this show without you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Barb. Thank you. No, you do fine without me. No. That's from uh, Paul and Storm. They have a ton of stuff, as I mentioned, so check them out at paulandstorm.com and get yourself some uh, some great uh, music you can download right from their site. Well, I can see by the old drunk on the wall, it's time for Bill. Bill Haywatt is with us uh, once again. Bill! <laughs> Welcome back, Bill. Bill. Oh, dear. Bill. Oh, Bill Haywatt, uh, time for another um, scintillating. You know, those Du Mauriers are strong cigarettes. <laughs> you ever smoked a Demor Du Maurier? I, I, don't, I don't smoke They come in a box. They don't come in a pack, Mark. Come on over here, oh, Mark. Let oh, me... it's, yes, it's time for... How the heck are you, Marcus? Yes. I haven't seen you in a month or so. You... You're, you're, you're looking Bill. well. You're looking well. I, I, good to see you, very Bill. Very good to well, see you. Yes, welcome to uh, my, welcome to my, uh, sorry, my laboratory kitchen here. Yes, uh, yes. again, I, you yes. know, I neglected mm. to notice that the bar was set up for today's The bar is show. indeed set up. We've got a little drinkies here. i got the mystery okay. container right here. All right. I've got a little drink here, and I'd like to share with you. It's a very patriotic drink. It's very oh. good it's with barbecue time and, and, and Fourth of July right around the corner. I've had this little recipe in my back pocket for maybe six 60 years now. Okay. Uh, I got it from a guy I used to work with named Tuki Cronenbold. I met him when I was working in uh, Parker, Colorado at KULU. They were going to call it KOLO, but it was taken, so they had to call it KULU. And they said, cool. You're listening to the Big Kulu. And that's what they'd say. <laughs> oh, okay. It was good, yes. Was, wow, those, anyway, were, those was, were heady days of radio. Yeah, yes, I was working with. Uh, Working on a show called Hawk Larrabee. I was the assistant sidekick there. Oh, really? And it's got a little drink. You here. really have a, a. I've had a, a stellar career. I was yes, going to say uh, this is a spattered history. Yes, but, uh, true. Now we're going to start out as a drink. It's called. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's called Barbecue Punch. Bar barbecue yes. Punch. All yes. right. And it starts out with with uh, bullion those, cubes. Those are bullion cubes. These are bullion. These are herb ox. Sure. Herb, uh, ox, bullion cubes. Quality shows. Oh, boy, look at that. Hot water. Yeah, there's a hot water right in there. Well, so far, this looks like something I might make for yeah. myself when my wife isn't around to cook for a me. A little bullion. That's good, yes. So we've got the, the bullion here. And once the bullion is in, 
So we have to get the barbecue sauce, oh not dear. just any barbecue sauce. We've got Everett and Jones Super Q. Okay. So we, we take this, we get a nice uh. teaspoon of barbecue <laughs> sauce, uh. and it's gonna go in there. Put the uh, the barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce in, with the in with the bouillon. We gotta stir it up nicely. Again, I'm, I'm not seeing okay. anything too problematic Nothing if bad this yet. is going Nothing to be a yet. cold winter beverage. That's right, yes. Now we've gotta just really get that, that, cube, that dissolve. cube dissolve. Oh, I didn't know it. It's gonna take so long. Um, sorry. That's all right. I'm gonna mush it up in there. Don't worry, don't worry about I'm it. Mush this little bastard it's, up there. It's, it's, it's mushing. Bill, don't worry. It's, oh, it's, look, it's, it's all it's, mushed. It's all mushed. It's mushing. It's mushing. <laughs> Very good. All right, then. Now the the secret. Hey, do they have any kind of a foley sound for bouillon cubes dissolving? No, we, we gotta make it live like we did in the old days. Oh, okay. Okay. Now the secret here. We got a little bit of liquid smoke. We got Wright's Hickory Seasoning Liquid Smoke. It's, boy, I'll and tell you what, you know what goes sparingly with that stuff? Oh, liquid there you smoke. Go. Eyedropper, yeah. I love liquid I do smoke, have but an have you eyedropper. ever used too much of it? No, it's just Ooh, it's it's nasty. nasty. It's bad to you, it's bad for you. It is liquid smoke, though, is what it really it's is. Okay, I so love here this. it is. Okay. Little eyedropper. Just a little bit. One drop here. There we go. Yeah, yeah, a little bit goes a long there way, we but go. it's good stuff. Righty ho. Nice. Okay, that's good. We got the little of the are liquid we, smoke here. Are we marinating something in this no, besides our livers? No. <laughs> right. Now then, the real, the kicker here. Oh, here comes the heat. Yes, here comes the true heat. Now we've got a little Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, now we got oh. a jigger jack. Now you know what? I've seen Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. This is in this, the this, no, this that's is different. That's, that's from weenies. This is different. That's for sure. This is the real thing, son. Okay. There we go. We got the Jack Daniels oh in there. Gosh. This is oh. barbecue punch. Oh man, do they? Mm -hmm. Do we have a? Do we have the budget for a spit bucket in the studio? Because <laughs> this is. Oh, and of man. course, it's not. It wouldn't be a drink. No, it's not done yet. Without gardening. No, you need a. Uh, and uh, we need some good old. Oh. Hey, the studio phone's ringing. Oh, I just have to let that go because I'm busy drinking here. Oh no. All right, no. Have you ever seen one of these before, Mark? Oh, look at look the, at that. This is oh, my grandmother's. Nice. It, it, it's a it's a woodpecker, a woodpecker that woodpecker. picks up. Uh, Toothpicks. <laughs> All right, you're going to take the toothpick out. And we got the little pearl onions here. And and here it comes now. There we go. Okay. That's it. Oh, it's lost. It's sunk down. So I've never tried this before, but Tookie said this is good for you. And it's uh, a. You know what? I've never met a. A drink. I've never met a drink you haven't tried. Here you go. It's, it's barbecue punch. Wait, did I stir it? Bill, I, I, okay. I am surprised because be careful. Like don't I swallow said, the toothpick. You're no now. stranger to the other side of the bottle. That's and, right. Uh, don't don't swallow the toothpick. But I've never tried this before. To your health, here, dude. Cheers. All right now. Who's it with Bill? This could be the All last here. one. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, oh no! This no. is no, oh, this, no. This, no, this recipe is not no. going up. Oh man. Oh, God, no. It's oh. just terrible. It's terrible. Oh. Maybe the onion is oh, good. Oh, no. What are you doing? Oh, Bill's eating the onion, too. Oh, God, oh. terrible. That is just oh. took you fucked me. Oh, man. This is terrible. Oh, man. But you know, I've always said it's, it's bad to let good alcohol go oh, to well, waste. Let me try another Try to get a again. Just, just mm -hmm. Grows on you, I guess. <laughs> no, no. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, please. I'm so sorry. Ooh. I just. Ooh. I'm going to take yours. I mean, as I say, it's I'm, bad to let good alcohol I'm, go to waste. I'm taking. I'm bringing uh, beer to my barbecue. Oh, this Bill, is don't just, be offended. It's got a. It's got a kick to it, but it's not a nice kick. No, it's not like sure. a mule kicking in the back of the head. When oh, in the oh. front. Oh God. No. Wait a minute. The more I sit with this, <laughs> the more I'm liking it. The more I sit with this, Mark. The more I like it very uh, much. Bill, you can have seconds because I'm not going to finish. Oh, I'm my goodness. This is really something. I, I. All right. You I'm know what? I, you I, know what? There, there are people that are no. that are adventurous. I will put. You will post. Bill, I will post. You the, will post barbecue. Bill's barbecue. Uh, barbecue punch. Bill's barbecue, barbecue punch. Barbecue punch. It's like I say, we'll it's go got a, some per box uh, boulon cubes and a, just barbecue sauce, teaspoon of Barbecue yep. sauce liquid and smoke. a drop of liquid smoke, a, a jigger of, of Jack, Jack a jigger Jack, and a, and pearl, a pearl onion, onion on a toothpick. Oh, there's Don't the, swallow the toothpick. Floss again. Oh, I love it. <laughs> right on cue. Okay, well, thank you. I, Bill? Oh, shit. I, is there something I need to say, or can I just go I vomit? Think, I think you can go until okay, uh, the end of the show. Grant, who's next? Uh, next up, um, oh. I'll have to look. I don't remember. Oh, it's not good at all. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they can't all be winners. That was Bill's. Oh my God! That was Bill's bar barbecue punch. 
Uh, oh, man. And you know what? People may not believe us, but we actually do mix these drinks right here at Studio P. And uh, for real, Bill did not try that one before I walked in the door. Um, all right. Next up is Murphy's Law and the Mercenaries. I think these guys are out of... Uh, oh, God. I think these guys are out of Arizona. It's another one of those what I call the shooting the shit show. A bunch of guys sitting around talking about whatever's going on. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it'd be... Oh, man, that, that Bill's Barbecue Punch is coming back on me. I had two sips. I had two sips. Does it grow on you or does it just kind of like a tumor? I think it's growing in me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be nice to see a little more distinctive personalities in these kind of shows. Uh, here's Shane, Neil, and Jeff talking about the legal issues that Dish TV is having with some of its content providers. It is nice that if just for a point of difference, in this discussion, one of the guys is actually on the side of the networks, although I'm not sure why. My cable provider, the guys that I actually really, really like because they've been kicking some ass, uh, Dish Network, apparently uh, Fox, NBC, and CBS are all really, really mad at Dish Network right now because they're providing a, a, a like a DVR that has an auto-hop commercial skipping feature, which is basically my 30-second forward option that I can do, so I can just go... Also, what I like to call, I don't know, the fast fucking forward button. Right. Um, the make me happy button because I want to just watch my fucking show. Yeah, exactly. So they're trying to... Fox, NBC, and, M and CBS are all trying to convince a court that skipping commercials while watching a recorded show is illegal. Like, you and I are breaking the law because we're fast-forwarding something. So here's... Here's how I feel about that. Um, technically speaking, I don't know. I don't know about legality behind it all, but the whole reason we have free network television is because of commercials. That's how they they stay on the air. Mm -hmm. They they get paid by the advertisers to mm -hmm. play their commercials, so people go buy their products. Without that, they don't rake in revenue, which means they can't pay the NBCs and Foxes and CBSs of the world, which means they can't put great TV shows on on the air anymore. I don't, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV anymore, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all cyclical. Like, if nobody's watching these commercials, like, I doubt it's going to affect commerce that dramatically, but I can mm -hmm. see where their argument is coming from. Like, you know, having the ability to skip through commercials is one thing. Having the ability to completely eliminate them is is a pretty dramatic difference. Like, you know, we, we all hate commercials to some degree. I don't personally really give two shits like you know my ex-girlfriend used to hate it when i wouldn't fast forward through them so i would just watch them i didn't give a mm. fuck like you know i know i already know what i'm gonna buy and what i'm not gonna buy but at the end of the day like that's how they get paid that's how we get free local television mm -hmm. you know it is what it is but at the same time like we should be able to make the choice of whether or not we want to do that or not so how long vcr has been around uh, VCRs have been around since at least the mid-80s, but you, you guys could never... definitely not alive when beta was around. Yeah, so you were, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So VCRs came out. You had your little tape spinners that you yep. could uh, you could record on. Yep. Now, did you ever hear anything in your many years on this earth uh, when people fast-forward through their VCR and get to the next point? Did the companies ever try and sue for that? Uh, no. Yeah, no. But, I mean, basically what I'm going to say on that is this is... Today is the new evolution of VCRs. It's basically digital tape. No, I get that. You're not wrong. You're absolutely correct. Like, we've always had that technology to some degree since at least the mid-'80s. I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're advancing it now to the point where we're making commercials literally a thing of the past. But mm -hmm. that's the whole reason we have fucking TV is because of those commercials. Like, hey, that's why TV exists. Hey, Captain, what do we got in there? Well, it seems to run on some form of electricity. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right, so that's Murphy's Law and the Mercenaries. Pick up more at MLATM.com. That stands for Murphy's Law and the Mercenaries. iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, it's uh, turning into summer, and a lot of people take this time of year to go camping outdoors, sleeping out under the stars. But there are a, uh, there's a segment of our society for whom that is not a choice. And for those people, Henderson's Pants has come up with something new. 
Hello, friends. You may be familiar with the expression, you'll never know a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. Imagine how well you'll know a fellow if you hike that same mile in his pants. Introducing Henderson's Drifter Chinos. These vaguely khaki, shapeless, baggy trousers have that overly comfortable, lived-in look. So much so that each pair sports its own pattern of vaguely disgusting and indefinable stains. The designers at Henderson's Pants spent many Many, many hours hanging out at bus stops, rest stops, and highway underpasses, paying close attention to the homeless and destitute who drift in and out of such places. They filled their pads with sketches of the kinds of clothing that makes life on the road seem exotic and romantic. Then, when they realized how far from Henderson's headquarters they had drifted, and without enough sense to bring enough money or credit cards to get back, they were forced to burn those sketch pads in metal trash barrels in order to keep warm. Enough members of Henderson's design team did make it back to reconstruct what they had seen from memory, and thus the Drifter Chino was born. In addition to the unique stain patterns, every pair has plenty of pockets to carry spare change, bottle openers, cigarettes, a rock, and a dirty bandana. And with each pair you buy right now, Henderson's is throwing in a pair of Chili Blaine's fingerless gloves. Originally designed for the down-and-out, deadbeat dads, and boxcar Willie. Henderson's Drifter Chinos are available wherever they leave the dumpster unlocked at night. That's Henderson's, putting the P in pants since 1867. And now, back to Suckatash. Boys and girls, it's that time of the week again. Time to turn your gazes to the stars above. It's time for the Mustache Rangers, spreading truth and the glory of America to the furthest reaches of outer space. Commander Major Alistair Q. Bastidius, leader of America's greatest mission and a hero to all. First Lieutenant Rediger G. Funibaum, his loyal companion and an all-around dandy fellow. Together, they lay claim to space for the American way. They are the Mustache Rangers. This poli-sci major that keeps babbling in their sleep tells me the Mustache Rangers are brought to you by Doc Johnson's Old Time Elixir. One spoonful and you're good, two spoonfuls and you're fine, just fine. Today, our heroes start a war. Let's listen in. Kegs are stupid. Kegs? Yeah. How much is in there? I don't know. I don't want to return it, like, uh, with stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to drink all that. Mm-hmm. So why not just get some bottles mm-hmm. and some friends, mm-hmm. and then you're all good for a party. I think that's the idea of a keg, is you have a party. Uh, well, I, I guess I don't need the party. I just need to uh, have some beer alone in a basement mm-hmm. or whatever. You could get, they call them kegerators, which is a, a robot designed to destroy all kegs. I, I like this. So instead of, you know, having to finish all the beer or whatever is in your keg after a party that's not quite as successful as you want, Mm -hmm. you can call a kegerator and it will come and destroy the keg for you. Now, can we take this a step further and program this kegerator to seek out and destroy all kegs? I imagine that at some point somebody would do that with a robot, with any robot. Right. So, yes, is the answer. Okay. I'm going to order one kegerator. Mm Mm-hmm. You pay them by the hour, or how is this? Well, they're robots, so they don't they don't have. Do you any rent them? Them? From what I understand, yes. There's two options. One, you could buy one, but it's really, really expensive. And the only reason you'd buy one is if you're going to start a business to or a rent war. them. Or a war, yeah, on kegs. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a photo booth. I'll I probably mean, are need you gonna... more to start a big keg war army? Mm-hmm. You're gonna need an army because eventually these kegs are gonna start fighting back. Well, you're probably gonna want to get one mm-hmm. and then rent it out to earn money to buy others, right? Oh, that's probably what everyone is doing. Mm-hmm. Who has a kegerator? Because so I mean, I've... it's rare that you would need a kegerator for yourself for doing all these things. Yeah, I, now here's the issue that I see. Mm-hmm. You get one, you buy one kegerator. Sure. Uh, and you start renting it out. And then suddenly you, you have enough money to buy a second one. Mm-hmm. And so you start renting that one out and the first one out. And all of a sudden you're running a business instead of starting a keg war. Right. I think it, it's going to be hard not to fall into that businessman trap. You have to be aware that once you see, you know, an increase in revenue and your your bottom line in the black, that you're going to, you're going to want to, you know, you, you want to keep your priorities straight. Right. You don't want to be bullied by the dollar bills that you're seeing. Certainly not. You want to know the end game here, which is a war on kegs. Right. 
So that is uh, the Mustache Rangers with Corey Anderson and Eric McKeown. Uh, their podcast, they call it a unique mix of Curb Your Enthusiasm-style humor and Buck Rogers adventure. It's an improvised podcast. It gets updated every Monday, and I'll tell you, that consistency has got to be good, which is why this clip comes from episode 238. That's a lot of episodes. Good Lord. They were named the Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine Best Podcast of 2011, and uh, they have a live version of their show coming up on June 21st at the Twin Cities Improv Festival. So saddle up at mustacherangers.com iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, next up, uh, we have a clip from one of the longest-running podcasts around. Nobody Likes Onions started in 2005. Patrick Melton, comedian and pi podcast pioneer, has been at the helm. He often has guests, but a lot of times he just sort of spins it out there for you going solo. When I had my interview with Rich Pinder from the Anti-Semantic Show a couple of eppies ago, he mentioned that Patrick's show was an inspiration to him about getting into podcasting. Seven years is a long time to be doing this, and I think the bottom line on Patrick's website sums it up. Uh, his website is nobodylikesonions.com, oddly enough. And he says, tell your friends about us. We're nice guys once you really get to know us. Or don't. Who cares? Fuck you. So <laughs> this clip featuring Patrick and guest comedian Ryan Stout is from episode 796. You can get this show from their home site or from iTunes. So what's happened over the last seven years? Um, like, how did this... Oh, I, I the mean, stories this, I could tell. Just this studio alone has changed easily within the past year. It's oh, changed yeah. a lot. In the past so year. So I can't, like seven years ago, I imagine you just had a wagon full of some radio equipment. I used and to, a lot of people don't know this, I used to run a waffle truck. Oh. Okay? <laughs> Let's sit back while I regale you about the tales of Uncle Patrick's waffle wagon. Okay? Um, used to do this all the time, where I would just go outside, see a van, see it. Think about it. <laughs> See it. Visualize it in my head as a waffle truck, okay? Okay. Steal the van. Okay. So every, you're not just visualizing anymore. Now you're taking action. Every fucking time. Which was why it was tough back <laughs> in that day, you know, to run a legit business out of out a stolen, of a stolen vehicle. Because then I had to go get my dad's Dremel. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Dremlin, I would do. The nickname for the Dremel was the Dremlin. <laughs> no, but <laughs> when you're dr to Dremel is to be Dremlin. I'm Dremlin. Yeah, get out of here. I'm Dremlin. <laughs> you don't want to get hit by sparks. I'm drinking and Dremlin. You're going to get hit by sparks. I'm Dremlin in here. I'm Dremlin here. <laughs> now, I would be Dremlin, and I'd have to, uh, oh, yeah, I'm Dremlin. Cut out a window in the side of the van. Okay, because I'm not a weirdo who's going to make you come around the back of the van to buy waffles, because that's weird. Patrick, I have to say right now, I have to interrupt you. I think right now I'm the only one buying this. What do you mean? I, I think people might think you're lying. No, no, no. I'm going to give you such details that you're going <laughs> to be like, there's no way he can be making I believe all this you. up. I Look, believe you. I'm stealing a van, okay? I'm dremlin <laughs> a hole out on the side. Do you understand the difference, though? To come up to a window where there's a menu in order... A food item. A lot more uh, business-like than to come around back the van yeah. and order some waffles. Through, through the open, Weird. open back Through the open hatch. bay doors. Yeah. <laughs> okay? While I'm playing Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Dremlin. Yep. Waffling. Waffling. <laughs> and, that, and that was the beginning of <laughs> NLO. Yeah. Because <laughs> people would be like, Patrick, <laughs> you're driving around. You appear. You're zeppelin around here. You're dremlin up and down the block. Every week you're in a new van. Bottle of bing, bottle of boom. Police just find a burned out van down by the river with a bunch of burned up waffle batter inside. There's no clue on the waffler. That's what they used to call me back in the day. <laughs> Be like, waffler, you so crazy. That was the police saying that. Yeah. They sounded street. Okay, so that's uh, Ryan Stout guesting with Patrick Melton on Nobody Likes Onions. Uh, as brother Randy and Jason Sklar near episode 100 talk about long-running podcasts of their popular show, Sklarboro Country, their listeners are clamoring for more than one show a week. So their answer is Sklarboro County. 
See, they took country and took the R out and made it shorter. And what they're presenting... I could never think of that. I that is very clever. It's, yeah, it's big sky. It's blue sky thinking, Kenny. Big, big blue sky. Uh, big old blue sky. So their, their answer is Sclerborough County, a shorter, easier-produced show with more timely, time-sensitive sports stories. So here's just a taste from the premiere episode of Sclerborough County. Uh, so Roger Federer won his 20th. Uh, Masters. Is he getting stronger again? Am I wrong to think that? The man is an amazing, amazing. He's like he's like he's he's like Borg minus the suicide attempt. Well, I think when he lost number his number one rank, Mm -hmm. that's a great way for any athlete when you're ranked in that in you know in those types Mm -hmm. of positions to say, well, I need that back. I want it. Yeah. You got something of mine. I'm going to come take it. And here's why I respect the guy. He's like Liam Neeson and the number one ranking is his daughter. That's right. I'm going <laughs> to take it. Give me back my, I've got a special set, set of skills. skills. So here's the deal. This is a guy who, you look at his girlfriend and you're like, attractive. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not super, mo- not DiCaprio's like realm of like lady. Oh, yeah. It's not a bar Raffaele. DiCaprio's got like six of them in the stable, like, yeah, ready to go. He's got backups. Shoot. He's got backups it, to the backups. Hot women for DiCaprio are like she's like an orchestra. He's like your first chair right now. <laughs> you're gonna lose it, girl. Your first chair on my jock, and then you are next. <laughs> then your second chair. This guy uh, settled in with a lady. Love it. She's, you know, I almost call it like the Agassiz thing. You you read the Agassiz book. I love the Agassiz and book. And here's a guy who was with Brooke Shields, mm-hmm. hot as they get when he had hair, mm-hmm. no hair, Steffi Graf. But I'm going to say this after reading the book, Brooke Shields is a little crazy. A little nutso, Steffi Graf. So, so was Agassiz, though. I know, but Steffi Graf, cool, gets Very tennis, cool. understands his life. So Steffi, she's German. I'm willing to overlook that as a Jew. Steffi Graf is like the drop shot of girlfriends. Yeah. You know, you pull it Sneaky. out. All of a sudden you're Sneaky. like, and then all of a sudden you're like, that was a perfect move. I just won the point. I just won the point. Well, right, Dan? he won the Madrid Open. And mm-hmm. with that, Federer. that was his 1,000th title. Amazing. Okay, yes. It was also his 45th win in his last 48 matches. So he's what? on a tear. Yeah. He's on a roll. It gave him seven titles in his last 10 events. That's okay. insanity. He is coming back. Also... It made him the first player to ever win at least 10 championships on each major surface. Okay, and not to mention with this win, he's he won passes about, he's Nadal. Won, he's won on Nadal. Yeah. That's a Nadal. He goes into number two, uh-huh. and he really starts making this argument for, for number one. Number one. He's Don't like knocking on Djokovic's yeah. door. Yes. Okay, so. And didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's won seven tournaments on glass. <laughs> yes, he is not. Is he not done he that? has one on glass. He can move on glass. He can move on he glass. He can move he on glass. He plays on a glass coffee table over a Hasidic Jew. So, well, and he's allowed to shit on the table. Uh-huh. Winning this tournament mm-hmm. and all of these accomplishments, what should he get? Well, trophy. You feel, definitely get a trophy. At least a huge, plate. A plate. Some sort of plate. Huge chafing dish. Huge check. Giant yeah. novelty check. Giant, yes. Something with his name on it. Yes. At the very least. And that's all, right? That's all that's he's getting. That's pretty much you all he got, think, right? No. He got a framed men in black suit from Will Smith. What? From Will Smith. Will Smith was there? Yes. He was there vacationing. Handed him a men in black suit. He was there. And it wasn't like he came out to bring it. So it's Will Smith gave him a men in black suit, which is, if you can, if you look online and look at this, it's framed. It looks like some mob person's like, hey, so-and-so died in this suit, so we framed it. Because <laughs> it's, it's just me, a suit. It sounds it's like just all a it black is. suit. It's like, <laughs> it's like they were cleaning out a planet Hollywood. <laughs> or they were cleaning out Barney's. Hey, and they're like, guys, hey, get, take that suit off that mannequin. get that suit out of here. I want to be uh, Meanwell's lawyer. Meanwell's lawyer. Hey, hey, hey you get that get suit, that off, that suit off of that mannequin. Okay, so that's... Uh, that's the Sklar Brothers. You can catch more of them over at Earwolf.com, iTunes, and they are also on FunnyOrDie.com. Uh, we are preciously, we're, wait, we are running out of precious time. Joe, fix this. Uh, we are coming to the end of Succotash number. I'm here for you, Mark. Thank you. Succotash number 27. And uh, with our Bursto Durst, ambassador to the middle, Will Durst, here he talks about Will, Mitt Romney's lack of discernible position on anything. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few observations on Mitt Romney's sudden campaign shift towards the nebulous. Problem is, the former governor of Massachusetts doesn't have what you might call an actual personality. He's a good-looking blank slate that any philosophy can be projected on. Pinning him down is like trying to staple smoke or gluing jello to a sponge. He epitomizes what Gertrude Stein supposedly said about Oakland. There's no there there. 
Romney is Mr. Oakland, the Potemkin candidate, Casper, the friendly Republican. He assumes the convictions of whoever he's photographed with, and now he's hanging out with Donald Trump, which for a politician means you might as well be photographed in whiteface at a clown convention. Donald Trump, a man who is to actual policy what cotton candy is to quantum physics, and proving that he'll say or do anything to get elected, Romney refuses to criticize Trump, even when the reality show host continues to spout further nonsense concerning his birther obsession. When asked why he presses on with this already discredited charge, Trump said, People on the street tell me not to give up on the issue. Donald, you live in New York City. People in the street also say, My mother sprouted gills that is made out of polyurethane. The presumptive nominee intends to pick a vice president who can make him look presidential. When you think about it, the Donald is the perfect choice. Next to him, Lou Ferrigno looks presidential. Bozo the Clown. Of course, with two successful titans of industry, you could call it the vulture capitalist ticket, or rich and richer. Even George Will would have to admit it would go a long way in nailing down the bloviating ignoramus vote. And can't you just see the bumper stickers? Romney Trump, 2012. We like to fire people. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. Uh, catch him at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting at Will Durst on Twitter. Uh, thank you for tuning in, downloading, or somehow getting a hold of Sakatash, episode 27. Uh, thank you, uh, Joe Polino, our engineer producer. You're most welcome. Great to have you back, Mark. Great to be back. Uh, Kenny Durgis, our booth uh, assistant, is... They let me talk this time. I know they did. I'm so happy. <laughs> we're, we're happy to hear you as well. And, uh, of course, uh, Bill Haywatton is... I'm not feeling well. No, you... You and me both, brother. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, until episode 28, we will see you somewhere in between unless you see us first. And please remember to pass the damn succotash.